gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. We're talking tonight about um, the Fair Pay for Radio Play Bill, which has been presented to Parliament by Independent Senator, uh, Federal Parliament by Independent Senator and former Wallabies Captain David Pocock. Um, And why you should care about this is because it relates directly to the amount of money artists get paid from their plays on radio uh, in Australia. Um, So to give you a a bit of a background on this one, because there's a bit bit to get through with this, um, it's a 55-year-old cap. It was first introduced in 1968. Uh, I think at the time it was meant to be a temporary measure. Um, It doesn't sound like our government and (laughs) the arts industry, does it? Just set and forget, I think, a lot of the time, which is frustrating. Frustrating, but that's why we're talking about it again today. Yeah, literally. Uh, but yeah, hopefully some change on the way. Um, it's essentially a cap on the copyright fees that the creative industry and rights holders are entitled to from sound recordings played on commercial radio. Um, it's back on the political agenda. It has been over the years a number of times, but we're, we're back there and we could probably have the best chance of getting some change right now. Um, I will say that uh, this reporting comes via the Music Network and also Backchat on FBI Radio. Um, but yeah, David Pocock's introduced this one. Um, it's an attempt to rectify what has been termed an anomaly in the recording industry. Um, it was initially legislated as a temporary measure in the 1968 Copyright Act. Um, and each year, essentially how it works, is the Australian commercial radio industry will pay royalties and fees totaling about $37 million to Australian music artists. Um, and, and that sounds like a lot of money, but when you consider how many Australian music artists are played over a 12-month period and how often, it actually doesn't total that much at all. And this is kind of the issue with this bill in the first place or, the, or what this bill seeks to address. Um, over the last 30 years, there have been at least five reviews and inquiries that have touched on the cap and its impact that it's having on the music industry. The most recent of those is in 2019. Um, that review, which was conducted by the House of Reps Standing Committee on Communications and the Arts, it found in its final report that the committee, and this is a quote, the committee sees no public policy which is served by the cap and is concerned that it distorts the market in a way that disadvantages Australian artists. Um, and this bill presents a bit of deja vu for the music industry because um, under the then Prime Minister John Howard and the Attorney General Philip Ruddock way back in 2006, they announced the caps would be removed in 2006, 17 years ago. Um, Spoiler, it never happened. Yeah, uh, it never happened at all. Was my math right then? Uh, I, I don't know. know. I don't know. Let's just move on. <laughs> we've, we've well established that we're bad at maths on this show, so if we say something and it's wrong, just, you know, let it through to the keeper. Let yeah. it play on. Yeah, we're not, we're not trying to be Dr. Carl or Adam Spencer here. Um, <laughs> anyway. Listen so, to our chat with Adam Spencer on the Homebrew Podcast. You can, you can. It's a good chat. Um, but, yeah, so, so what in pl- what is in place at the moment is, is essentially – we have our copyright law that regulates copyright in Australia in relation to original literary, dramatic, musical, artistic works. Um, this protects creatives. It's very good. Copyright law is important. Um, however, in this law, it caps the amount musicians and their labels can make from commercial radio revenue. The cap prevents the recording industry from negotiating on the rate in any way whatsoever. So they can't negotiate a higher rate to get more royalties paid by radio for the amount that they play their songs. It's currently set at 1% of commercial radio revenue, which just seems insane because commercial radio is multifaceted, of course, but radio in a large part is about playing music. 
And when you're talking about most of the big stations uh, that play that play Australian music, it would make up a lot of their airtime and far more than 1%, yet only 1% of their revenue is what they have to spend on paying royalties to artists, which just seems a bit backwards to begin with. Yeah, it does. And when, when you think, you know, We've spoken so many times about how commercial radio never plays Australian artists, certainly not as much as they should. And when you hear that they're only having to pay minuscule amounts of royalties to these Australian artists, you think, well, there literally is no argument for not playing Australian musicians on commercial. This is a different side note, but this is just you know a thought train that I've had um, relating to this story. Um, also, ABC Radio, now they are legislated to pay 0.005 cents per head of population, and that sum roughly equates to $130,000 a year. For, for all the Australian artists they play, that includes Triple J, which is like you know 80% Australian artists that they play. I'd argue slightly more yeah. than 80%, yeah. Which is just, it's just crazy. Um, it's it's We're the only country in the world with this sort of copyright laws, according to ARIA and the PPCA, um, which has resulted likely in tens of millions of dollars that have potentially been lost over the decades. And again, this was introduced in 1968. For some comparison, milk and bread cost around 20 cents a pop back then. <laughs> so we're, we're, this is, it's just such an outdated law. Um, so yeah, the, in the last financial year, commercial radio, which comprises of 260 stations, paid only around 4.4 million in royalties to artists and rights holders. 0.4% of their gross earnings and less than some individual radio hosts are reportedly paid. Um, the ABC, as you said, paid around $130,000. Um, that is less than their total travel budget for the year. Um, and these caps don't exist for any other type of copyright in Australia. So as a result, composers and songwriters, they're often paid more than an artist um, each time a song is played on broadcast radio, which again, doesn't quite seem right. No, it's it's a very baffling sort of law, and I guess that's why they are trying to change it. And we, we've sort of mentioned, you know, who is looking to do that? It is uh, newly – is he newly introduced to the Senate? Or last I, election. I've, so, like, last yeah. year, May last. So he's, he's been in there over, yeah. well over a year. Say, I've, but he seems fresh. I've only known him as a wallaby. So yeah. now to hear him as a senator, it's almost like when you hear musicians going into – you're a senator and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. that, that seems different. But uh, Senator David Pocock is uh, looking to change this law and it's the fair pay for radio play is the, the – the catchy name of the bill. It's the Copyright Legislation Amendment Bill, but, you know, fair pay for radio play. Uh, his bill seeks to remove the caps from legislation, like we mentioned, and in a statement, Pocock said that removing these caps also won't automatically change any royalties, but passing this bill will allow the market to decide a fair rate and always with the safeguard of the Copyright Tribunal, which is what Eamon touched on before. It protects these artists, but it's just not allowing them to properly properly capitalise on their, their royalties from radio play. Um, the industry has also advocated for a fresh rate, uh, somewhere in the 2 to 4% range, which could see uh, a reflection of what we see in the UK, New Zealand, Canada and elsewhere. Um, and, you know, we're currently at, what, 1%. 1%. So, so yeah, so this bill's just basically saying let's remove the cap, let's let the, let the artists' um, labels negotiate themselves on what they think it's worth and, and reach a 
an amount. And yeah, as you said, Kev, that the industry itself is advocating for two to four percent. Would you be doubling or quadrupling what is paid now? But when you consider how yeah. ridiculously low it is, that's like the kind of bare minimum. Well, uh, milk um, and bread twenty cents when this was legislated. That's more than double or quadrupled <laughs> since that time. So has, I, has I, since it's, 2019. I don't think it's too much <laughs> for them to ask for. No, no, not at all. And um, you won't be surprised to hear that the bill is getting a lot of support um, from the industry itself. So the Phonographic Performance Company of Australia, the PPCA that we mentioned before, the Australian Recording Industry Association, which is ARIA, the Association of Artist Managers, which is the AAM, and the Australian Independent Record Labels are all supporting it. Um, Jack River spoke with Green Senator Sarah Hanson Young at Parliament House uh, to endorse the bill. Um, it's it, the discussions are happening. Everyone's around it, which is really really good. Um, Aria and PPCA CEO Annabelle Hurd has welcomed it and been very very endorsing and, and thanking of the of, of the Parliament for kind of considering it and getting this conversation rolling. Um, We've got so many uh, of Australia's leading artist managers and industry professionals supporting it, including the Central Coast-owned Greg Carey, who uh, runs Central Coast Music and Arts. Yeah, and they also just dropped a new festival for Gosford as well, which we might touch on a little bit later on in our show. Uh, but Annabelle Heard was, I think... She she was sort of warning and saying that she doesn't want this history to be kicked down the road and lost in yet another review or inquiry, which we tend to hear so much of in the industry. Oh, we'll just a review or an inquiry on it, get the findings and then discuss it, and then Ignore nothing it. happens a la John Howard in 2006. So, you know, she's sort of saying that numerous reviews and, rec and recommendations have already taken place, and they say that the existing restrictions are unjustified and unfairly disadvantaged Australian recording artists. So that's from Annabelle Heard. So she's obviously very strongly with this bill and these proposed changes. And as you mentioned, Greg Carey, Central Coast Music and Arts, also behind it, along with an absolute long list of industry big heads and big wigs and people with a lot of experience and know-how uh, certainly behind it. Yeah, indeed. Um, and, and it's worth considering too, like the – the state of play for artists. So obviously the CD thing happened a long time ago, but that was, you know, a big source of revenue. With streaming, they've been in an ongoing battle to get paid just a, a, what's considered a remotely decent rate for people playing their music on streaming uh, platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. Um, so their ability to make money is largely dependent on their tours and deals that they're able to sign, merch sales, etc. And now even their radio play just doesn't even earn them anything worth, worth you know, like in total, it was only like a few million dollars for the whole industry over the year. So we need to be giving our artists a leg up somewhere or as we've spoken about so often on the show, that like people need to make money to survive. You're not going to get musicians doing it as a full-time job if we just keep fighting and fighting their ability to make any decent money. And unfortunately, there is opposition to this bill who are trying to do just that. I was going to say, I think it is certainly worth noting that it, not everyone is in support of this bill. You might be unsurprised to hear that the commercial radio and audio, uh, they are obviously opposed to this. And, you know, they, they think they have a reason, um, you know, that's not just... The, the bottom line in their pockets. They're saying that killing the cap could backfire by funneling more money to the record labels while simultaneously undermining the health of the radio industry, which provides a major platform for Australian artists. 
I mean, if we're talking commercial radio, I'm not so sure that they do. No. So they certainly don't do anywhere near as much as they could. Yeah, exactly. Like, and this is, like you said, another conversation uh, that we're a bit obsessed with, the homebrewers' quotas and how they never met and how commercial radio just really does very little to support Australian music. Um, outside of Triple J and, and community radio, commercial radio just is there to pick up the artists once they go big. Um, but that's a whole other conversation. Well, I just want to continue that very quickly for a little – this hasn't always been the way. Like, you look back to some of the, the big acts who you think, man, they're like Australian legends of musicians, whether you're talking like a, a silver chair, whether you're talking a jet, whether you're going back to your Huda Gurus and that whole era – they were played on commercial radio. Everyone knew who they were. And when you look through the Triple J Hottest 100, a lot of the bands of that time who were on the Hottest 100 countdowns were also being played on the commercial radio stations. Where now, baffling, and we were having this conversation with Marshall Cullen, who runs Damien Drudge Studios. He was saying he's baffled that, like, Spacey Jane don't get more commercial radio. They're one of the largest indie bands in the country. They would suit either, like, your more rockier stations or your poppier stations. They would fit either of those, but they do not get a look in. And it, it's baffling that they don't get more airtime. And there's numerous other examples you can look at. But to your point, they don't want to play them until they're already popular, like a Tones and I, for example. She was found through the Unearth platform on Triple J and then Dance Monkey became really popular and then played across commercial radio. But Spacey Jane have that popularity and they still can't get airtime on commercial radio. So what hope do you have as an emerging artist to try and get airtime when some of the biggest bands in the country cannot get played? Yeah, and that's what's just frustrating about them saying how much they do. Commercial radio, um, undoubtedly, there are stations that do support Australian music, but nowhere near. Like, we're just regurgitate the top 40 from the US and the UK and play it on our things because that's what we think people like. But it's just really frustrating to hear this line. They're also talking about it funneling more money to record labels, which it undoubtedly will because it's all about rights holders. Record mm -hmm. labels have that. But that's an entirely different conversation. So we need to address the radio royalties that artists get paid and then we need to address how deals are signed and how money is distributed between artists. It's not going to undermine the the radio industry because commercial radio is already makes enough money they pay stuff all to artists in the first place it is not a stretch to ask them to pay a little bit more for the little bit of australian music that they do manage to squeeze onto their stations in the first place um and it's just that like like i don't know i read this statement and it's it's frustrating they they're, they're trying to pull the heartstrings you know talking about emergency warning to listeners free of charge blah blah um, that the cap's really important because it allows us to deliver these things. They're able to do it. I mean, what they pay, what the entire industry paid to artists in the last financial year is less than what uh, people like Kyle and Jackie O are reportedly paid for their salary alone for two presenters. So don't tell me that the industry can't afford it. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, because the 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 quote there from Ford and Alice, who was the CEO of community, uh, sorry, commercial radio and audio, saying that there are 260 commercial radio stations in Australia. 220 of these serve communities in regional and remote areas. So we've got, what, three commercial stations here on the Central Coast. Um, and they said that they provide hyper-local news, entertainment, information and emergency warnings to listeners free of charge uh, is the quote that they've come up with. But to your point just there, Damon, like the, the amount of money that they would be paying these Australian musicians is nothing compared to what they are paying some of their hosts. And I'm sure they can, 
you know, rework some of the budgeting to make sure that, okay, these have been increased from 1% to 2%. We have the money to do it. We just need to take it from other areas. Like it's Yeah, it's, it's, it's not as if, you know, paying Australian artists more money is going to mean uh, that we don't get bushfire alerts. When, when there's a bushfire around, it's just, I just, they put the heartstrings and it's like we so often you see, as soon as any industry is asked to pay a little bit more to people who deserve it, they go, oh, sorry, we can't afford it now. It's not the right time. But they're never going to suggest to pay more. It never is the right time for them. So we're just going to have to drag them kicking and streaming into supporting uh, Australian music. And so much of like a lot of criticism around commercial radio in these regional areas now is that there is actually nothing unique to them, whether you're listening to a station that has Central Coast at the end of it or whether you're listening to the main station in Sydney, a lot of the times if you flick back and forth, like, well, that's the same song that's being played. They just give you local targeted ads, but the actual content that you're hearing on air is normally quite the same, particularly in, like, your drive shows. You're listening to exactly the same whether you're listening to it on the Central Coast or whether you're listening to it from the Sydney main station. So... They're, they're talking about that they, they've already cut costs to these local, like the regional commercial stations. So whatever costs outlaying that they think they have there, I, I think they might be overestimating it just a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, when you consider they paid $4.4 million in, in uh, 260 stations, paid $4.4 million, uh, to artists in artists and rights holders last year. If we're to double or, could, or even quadruple that, you're only jumping up to – to like eight to $16 million divided between 260 radio stations. Like they can afford that. These are big, big companies with a lot of revenue across like the revenue of those 260 radio stations would be extraordinary. And I, and I don't know how the, the businesses are set up, but a lot of these commercial radio platforms also then have their own podcast networks. And there's a whole, it, it is a very commercial world for a lot of these businesses. So it's not like, okay, the radio industry, we have to pay a little bit more for this than, and, you know, maybe they have to look at their models and charge more for different areas of the business. Or maybe they, you know, the, the downside of this is maybe they do play less Australian music music on their, on their commercial radio stations, but like, to be fair, there's not that much out there to begin no, with. No, and this is where our quotas need addressing. And to be honest, if the whole industry actually decided to support Australian artists like they never have or haven't for quite some time, there would be so many streams of revenue that they could generate mm. from funding gigs, putting putting on performances, like, you know, like platforming bands, having events, doing merch. Like there's so many ways that they could generate revenue with and because of Australian artists, but they don't even give them a look in because Adele released a new album, you know, so we're going to hear that four times a day um, for the next three months on your, on your platform instead of playing some Australian artists. So to hell with them, I think. Pay them, pay more money and support Australian music because Cam and I, the two unpaid blokes who sit here behind a mic every <laughs> week, have done more than a lot of the stations on this show. And I don't mean that to piss in our pocket, but in, we, we really are supporting the local industry more than a lot of the commercial radio stations on in, on the Central Coast are. Yeah, so. and that's not to say they don't do anything. Obviously, you know, Star FM, they do a lot of the evoker markets and I think Triple M during lockdown did a little bit with, you know, getting local artists in and through. So I'm not saying they're not doing anything, but there's certainly they can be doing a hell of a lot more and opposing, you know, when you look at a lot of those industry heads who are in support of the bill, for them to come out and say, oh, hang on, there could be problems here that none of those people have thought of or even done a, you know, a 
pros and cons list and go, well, actually, the pros significantly outweigh the potential cons, I think for them to come out as in opposition of this bill, it's purely for me, in my opinion, about their pockets and, you know, the bottom line, as opposed to some of the potential, you know, I don't even what you'd call it, but the reasons why they say they're against it, I don't think uh, they're not being as transparent. No, it doesn't stack up. They're trying to pull it out heartstrings. You got the money. Come on. Anyway, that's a, a very lengthy music <laughs> news for you this evening. We do apologise if we've bored you. Hopefully you, you're you listening to a lot of our passion and going, yeah, you know, I, I'm, you know, whether you agree with us or not, it'd be nice to have an engaged conversation with you. So head to our Instagram at homebrew963. That's the best way to get in contact with us, whether you're listening to us now on air or whether you're listening to this a few days later on the podcast. It's certainly the best way to get in touch with us. Homebrew. Get it all at www.homebrew.au. Why is it not your internet homepage right now? Yeah, if it's not, I, I don't see any other reason why you would need to use the internet other than to access our content. <laughs> and if there is another reason, I'd like you to email it to me and I can deem whether it's worthy or not. And that email can be found at www.homebrew.au.